This is the second part of a study that we have been doing from one of the greatest books that I have about culture called The Marketing of Evil by David Coupley, and I highly recommend that you get it. In fact, David Limbaugh said, David Coupley clearly reveals the stunning strategies and tactics of persuasion employed by those engaged in an all-out war against America's Judeo-Christian ethic. The book is called The Marketing of Evil, How Radicals, Elitists, and Pseudo-Experts Sell Us Corruption Disguised as Freedom. And we have been talking specifically about a chapter that he wrote about America's obsession and perversion with sex. We tend to cover that over. We tend to believe that in our churches, nobody has any problem with problems with homosexuality. Nobody has any problems with adultery. Nobody has any problems with fornication. And certainly, certainly, none of our men and none of our women at all have any problems with pornography. Now, we know that it's out there, but it's always in the other church, the other home, the other place. But the reality is we are awash as Bible believers today. And the question is, how did we get here? Is it simply a matter of lack of preaching? How did our culture get to where it is? Well, I think preaching, a lack of the Bible, there's a lot of Bible-believing spiritual aspects to that. But this deals with the root of the matter, and the root takes its way back to a man by the name of Kinsey, as we discussed in our last session. Kinsey, who was a zoologist from Indiana, on January 5th, 1948, released a study funded by the Rockefeller Foundation that had some of the most stunning and shocking truths to it. I pick up where we left off last. The revolutionary Kinsey reports rocked the nation's beliefs about itself. But perhaps most shocking of all were his findings on childhood sexuality. Now, again, I want to pause here for a minute and stress that if you have children that are listening to this or mixed company, be very, very careful. I'm giving you warning right now. There are just some subjects that are, there's no way to get around what we're going to deal with. It's very difficult. And I'm going to try to be uh, as, as careful as I can, but I'm giving you fair warning. The Kinsey Report came to the stunning conclusion that children... Children are sexual from birth, and that youngsters as young as a few months of age have the capacity for pleasurable and healthy sex life. Now, despite the radical nature of Kinsey's findings, he was honored as a heroic scientific pioneer, as they always are, pushing back the dark boundaries of ignorance and delivering new knowledge that would guide America into a brave new world of sexual enlightenment. That is, until 1981. When sole researcher, a Ph.D. and scholar named Judith Reisman, came along and raised the question of Table 34. Now, what is Table 34? Table 34, in Kinsey's first report, purports to be a scientific record of, quote, multiple orgasms in pre-adolescent males. Reisman wondered, How did Kinsey and his associates obtain this quote-unquote research that infants as young as five months of age enjoyed sex? Child sexual abuse is a felony. How could such research be conducted legally? Why had nobody raised this issue before? Well, get ready for a shock, ladies and gentlemen. According to Reisman, whose heartbreaking findings were corroborated 
subsequently by other researchers, Kinsey solicited and encouraged pedophiles at home and abroad to sexually violate from 317 to over 2,000 infants and children for his alleged data on normal child sexuality. Better be real, real careful about claiming science is moral, non-biased, and something that you can count on. You better run everything through the Word of God. Because just because, and listen, don't make the mistake of thinking that it's coincidence or happenstance that these Bible versions leave out the word science, but your King James Bible keeps it in there. This scientist, quote-unquote, encouraged pedophiles at home and abroad to sexually violate over 2,000 infants and children. Many of the crimes against children, oral, anal, genital, committed for Kinsey's research, are quantified in his own graphs and charts. For example, Table 34 on page 180 of Kinsey's Sexual Behavior in the Human Male claims to be a scientific record of multiple orgasms in pre-adolescent males. Here, infants, my God, infants as young as five months were timed with a stopwatch for orgasm by Kinsey's quote-unquote technically trained aides with one four-year-old tested 24 consecutive hours. Sex educators, pedophiles, and their advocates commonly quote these child data to prove children's need for homosexual, heterosexual, and bisexual satisfaction via safe sex education. These data are also regularly used to prove children are sexual from birth. This seems too horrible, Kuplian writes, to be true. You've got to be kidding me. Why haven't I heard about this before? If this actually happened, Kinsey would have been arrested and locked up. This must be some hysterical anti-sex researcher jumping to conclusions. The answer is no. For the sake of the children experimented upon, one wishes that that were true. But Reisman is a world-renowned expert and scholar on this subject, has been a consultant to four U.S. Department of Justice administrations, the Department of Education, the Department of Health and Human Services, and has sought worldwide to lecture, testify, counsel regarding fraudulent sex science. She is speaking the awful truth. Reisman reveals that in the sexual in the book Sexual Behavior in the Human Male, quote, Kinsey defined children's torment, screaming, screaming, writhing in pain, convulsions as orgasms. Who sexually tested these children? Where were the parents? Among thousands of international reviews of Kinsey Report, no one asked these questions of the man who Gore Gore Vidal declared was the most famous man for a decade and who is the one man the homosexual and pedophile movement today thank for most of their advances. Before we answer these questions, you need to know a little more about Kinsey, Kuplian writes. 
Indiana University portrayed Kinsey as a conservative Republican, a family man, and the press totally and uncritically bought into this image. An article in McCall's, uh, in, in McCall's Salon assures its reader that, yes, there is a Mrs. Kinsey, and that he's just basically an old-fashioned guy doing research, but not quite so much old-fashioned. First, there were rumors that Kinsey had interviewed a lot of prisoners and sex offenders, casting doubt on the integrity of his population sample. Then there were whispers about his own unorthodox sexual practices and obsession. Ah, now we get down to it, don't we? But never did these untidy personal foibles seem sufficient to undermine the vaunted reputation of Kinsey's research or its radical conclusion. Kuplian goes on to write, Alfred C. Kinsley, the universally proclaimed father of the sexual revolution, the supposedly conservative family man and objectively scientific researcher, and that's the key. He was amiable, gentle old guy, a scientific man. We can trust science about global warming. We can trust science uh, about evolution. We can trust science about sexual Proclivity. We can trust science about the nature of the earth. You can trust science. Mm. The truth of the matter is, Kinsey was a sexual psychopath. Summarizing Alfred C. Kinsey, A Public-Private Life, the 1997 biography of the scientist by pro-Kinsey author James H. Jones writes, He did date a woman once and very shortly thereafter asked her to marry him, which she did. Consummation was delayed for quite a while because of their mutual ignorance of the mechanics involved. At some point in adolescence, Kinsey developed a taste for masochistic practices of a really cringe-inducing variety. I will not mention what the writer writes. He also, Kuplian goes on says, he also had some pronounced voyeuristic and exhibitionist tendencies. On bug-hunting field trips with his staff in the 30s, he liked to march around the camp in his birthday suit, and he interrogated, often interrogated his assistants about masturbation. That his career was not destroyed by such behavior is in itself pretty remarkable. Well, I should say so. As Jones, Kinley's key biographer, tells it, on one occasion, when his inner demons plunged him to new depths of despair, Kinsey climbed into a bathtub, unfolded the blade of his pocket knife, and circumcised himself without the benefit of anesthesia. That is the father of the sexual revolution. That's the father behind the philosophy of the people that are teaching our children. That's the father behind the philosophy of what we see on TV. Mm. Mm. Reisman adds, an early adherent and advocate of masturbation, Kinsey suffered an untimely death due at least in part to orchitis, a lethal infection of his testicles. Maybe that's a fitting, fitting death. I hope, and this might not be too nice, but I hope it was as extremely painful as possible. Caleb Crane, reviewing the 2004 Hollywood film Kinsey, created two whitewashed, popularized, created 
It was a film Kinsey created to whitewash and popularize the father of the sexual revolution. He wrote, Mr. Jones's book revealed that Kinsey had affairs with men, encouraged open marriages among his staff, stimulated himself with insertions and ropes and filmed sex in his attic. But Mrs. Jones did not feel he was debunking Kinsey. What I told myself, and I still think this, was that I was writing a biography of a tragic hero. It shouldn't surprise us that pleas for sexual tolerance would come from a person who couldn't be himself in public. <laughs> so you can't rape little kids in public, but you want us to be sexually tolerant. Is that what you're saying, sir? What a sick, freakishly demented world that we live in. Both Kinsey's most recent admiring bi biographers, both of them, summarize Reisman somewhat less euphemistically. It's amazing. The question still becomes where exactly did the childhood sexual data come from? Reports of childhood sexual behavior were mostly from interviews of adults recalling their early experiences, come to find out. Parents and teachers were also asked if they had noticed sexual reactions in their children, and some children were interviewed in the presence of a parent or teacher. Among more than 5,000 men interviewed for sexual behavior in the human male, there were nine who reported having sexual relations with children. One in particular with an extensive sexual history is the source of the childhood response tables in the male books. Dr. Kinsey and his staff never conducted experiments with the children. That's what we're told. Although Kinsey claimed the child's sexuality information came from multiple sources, in 1995, then-Kinsey Institute director John Bancroft insisted it all came from serial pedophile Rex Ring. Speculating that Kinsey might have invented the other purported sources for his child's sexual response data as a way of protecting King. In fact, not only did Kinsey use data from Rex King, whom Kinsey encouraged in writing to continue with his, quote, research, but also from Nazi criminal Fritz von Balsack, who was arrested and investigated for the murder of a 10-year-old girl and ultimately convicted of sexual abuse of up to 200 children. So we've got Fritz von Balsack, and we've got Rex King, pedophiles, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is what's behind Nickelodeon. That's what's behind uh, Disney children. That's what's behind your public school sex education. That is what's behind the hashtag Me Too. As Times of London story notes, Kinsey and Von Balsak corresponded with Kinsey once warning the Nazi pedophile to, quote, watch out so as not to get caught. Can you believe that? Obligated to deal in some way with Kinsey's cozy relationship with child molesters, the Kinsey feature film includes a brief scene depicting Kinsey in June of 1944 meeting with the 63-year-old King, whose diaries included meticulous notation of sexual encounter with boys. What isn't shown in the film, however, is the letter Kinsey sent King urging him to send the diaries. According to Kinsey biographer Jones, on November 24, 1944, Kinsey wrote to King, quote, I rejoice at everything you send, for I am then assured that much more of your material is saved for scientific publication. Rejoice at the sexual torture 
of hundreds of children. Now, if you're a thinking man or woman, you would say, listen, why no mass outcry? And Kuplian addresses this in The Marketing of Evil. He says, but you say something still stinks here. If all this is really true, how come Kinsey hasn't been more widely discredited? Why has Hollywood made a feature movie glorifying him? To be sure, after almost a quarter century of Reisman's tireless whistleblowing research, her discoveries about Kinsey have been corroborated and augmented by others. In fact, in April 2004, with Reisman's help, a science advisor, the American Legislative Exchange Council, an organization of 2,400 state legislators, issued a, quote, state factor report title, Restoring Legal Protection for Women and Children, a, a historical an analysis of the state's criminal codes. The number one focus of this in-depth report was the fraudulent, quote, junk science of Alfred Kinsey. But when it comes to America's culture, laws, beliefs, and attitudes regarding sex, Kinsey is still king, revered to this day by the vast majority of academics and experts. But why? In his book, Libido Dominandi, Sexual Liberation and Political Control, E. Michael Jones sheds some light on why Reisman's research, even that exposing mass sexual torture and experimentation on young children in the name of science, has met with such tepid response. Jones writes, on July 23, 1981, Reisman delivered a paper entitled The Scientist as a Contributing Agent to Child Sexual Abuse, a Preliminary Study in which she brought up for the first time in the 32 years since it had been published the material on child sexuality in tables 30 to 34 of the Kinsey Mail volume and wondered how this data could have been obtained without involvement in criminal activity. Before giving her report, Reisman had written to Mail volume co-author Paul Gebhard to ask about the data. Gebhard wrote back saying that the data had been obtained from parents, school teachers, and some male homosexuals, including some of Kinsey's men, who had used manual and oral techniques to catalog the number of orgasms they said could be stimulated in infants. Virtually the entire sex industry, sex research establishment worldwide, was in attendance at the meeting in Jerusalem. Huh. That's fascinating. But the reaction to the talk was silence, stunned or sullen or otherwise, until a Swedish reporter wondered out loud why the assembled experts had nothing to say. The, uh, the silence was understandable. Just about everyone in attendance had cited Kinsey as their mentor, and some even knew about the criminal activity in Kinsey's research. They all knew that Kinsey's research was the basis of their quote-unquote science, which is to say, legitimizing basis for everything they did. Kinsey was the foundation of that house of cards. If what he had done could be discredited, it threatened the sexual empire that had been built since his death and upon which they all depended for their livelihood, the root of all evil. Do you see... Do you see how it all comes back? Do you? I highly recommend that you get this book, The Marketing of Evil by David Kuplian. In the meantime, I highly recommend that
we guard ourselves. It is not a sexual revolution, ladies and gentlemen. It is a sexual holocaust. And more than ever, as Bible believers, we must be vigilant with what we watch, what we see, what we take in, because there is a war for the moral soul. Guard yourself. Guard one another. Get the book. Read it. Be wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove.